You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on LA Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Love Talk Live. (laughs) The show is starting. I'm Jamie Bronstein and today I have with me Rala Khan and Richard Rosner. Hi. Hi. Beautiful married couple for 32 years, almost 33. Mm-hmm. May May 31st. May 31st. Mm-hmm. So coming up. It's very exciting. So this is such an extraordinary couple. I can't I don't even know where to begin. But actually just and for we fun. Like each other. <laughs> well, that's very important cuz you know we always say you need to besides for love the person, you need to like the person. Yes. Perfect. Yes, I say that. Um, and before I actually get into, I'm going to read you guys their bios. Just for fun, let's talk about how we met, how we all met. Okay. Yes. We met at a Boston University alumni reunion meeting thing. Yes. Event. And it was almost a year ago, almost probably. A year, and tonight is another one. Ironically, the date that, <laughs> I mean, this is how the universe works. The mm-hmm. date that worked out for all, it was probably almost a year ago. The date that worked out was today. I get an email a few weeks ago, and I write them an email, and I say, do you guys realize it's the same night? Are you going after? Well, <laughs> spend time after again. <laughs> Looks like we are. <laughs> so welcome to the show. So happy to see you guys, and go Boston. Go Boston. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to read a little bit about this beautiful couple because they do amazing work, and so we can kind of get into what you guys do for work first. Mm-hmm. Because you can talk about your companies, sure. maybe people that are interested, they can reach out to you. And then we're going to get into their beautiful relationship, and all of you guys will be so inspired. So, Rala Khan is a visionary. With her weird name and Valentine's Day as her birthday, she was forced to find a unique calling. She initially chose acting and has worked on stage in television and film, but her most important work came directly out of her experience as an original member of the Groundlings. Improvisational theater was the foundation for a program she created in 1983 called The Power of Play. The Power of Play is an effective and entertaining approach to healing, as well as helping participants recapture their deferred dreams. Life proved itself to be as surprising as magical and magical as Rala herself when chance meetings led to being mentored by author Norman Cousins, who wrote Anatomy of an Illness, and radiation oncologist and author Dr. O. Carl Simonton, author of Getting Well Again. Rala is currently on permanent staff at the Simonton Center and works as a certified Simonton therapist. Rala adapted the power of play for the corporate community and has worked with the Harlem Globetrotters, American Express, IBM, and the U.S. Army. Is there anyone you haven't worked with? I don't think those no. are big enough. Also. I mean, I didn't have the list is long. <laughs> like, <laughs> impressive. This is just a taste. Among mm-hmm. many others. <laughs> her work has most recently evolved to include her latest program, Good Grief, where she serves as a grief guide helping people restart their lives after great loss. So we have one angel sitting next to us, and now we're going to read about the next angel. <laughs> Richard Rosner has a diverse background in the creative arts an honors graduate in communications from Boston University. He moved to Los Angeles where he worked as a writer for situation comedies and variety shows, as well as a screenwriter. Although he wrote for such shows as Welcome Back, Hotter, She's the Sheriff, Comedy Break, Full House, love that show, and The Live Aid Concert, 
He has been involved in the personal growth and human potential movement for more than four decades. He has worked as a facilitator for corporations, individuals, and groups in California and Arizona. Richard met Rala Khan while studying improvisational theater as an original member of the Groundlings. Can't wait to hear about this. <laughs> Los Angeles' premier improvisational theater company. He partners with Rala in their company, The Power of Play, as well as served as an ed- educator at re- retreats for the Simonton Cancer Center. While he continues his writing career, his latest creative outlet is hosting multiple podcasts for the ParCast Network, available on Spotify and other platforms. Richard and Rala have been in improvising a life together since their marriage in 1987. Their most important improvisation is their son, Chase. To their shock and amazement, he did not become an accountant, but chose to become a music composer and producer through his company, Hot Work Music. So... There is so much to get into. I want to meet them. Oh, I know. I know. I wish they were here. Maybe we can get someone to call. Can somebody phone them up? <laughs> God. Oh, wait. It's you. Yeah. Okay. I'm honored. I am honored. Oh, God. This is so <laughs> okay. So I don't know where to start, but mm. I know that you guys wanted to talk about power of play. Um, but I would love to just ask you a few questions about what happened before then. Like you guys met at, we can get into like the romantic meeting part. But you guys were, you started out at the Groundlings. At the Groundlings, that's right. Which is just amazing. We, we didn't meet, but, we, but the, I think the juicy intersection is we were, it was eight years later, and we both had crushes on each other at the Groundlings. We but that's the romantic part. Oh, that's the romantic part. So the, 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 the part, I think the part, uh, our first actual uh, intersection was oh. at the Groundlings. Rala was a Groundling. Uh, and this is back in, the, we're considered original Groundlings because it was uh, the 1970s. Back in the day. Back in the day. As they say. And mm-hmm. um, I'm going to say it. All right. Say it. Rala, Rala actually was the boyfriend of the guy who started the, the company. I'm a girl. <laughs> girl. Girlfriend <laughs> of the guy. Who girlfriend started. of the guy who started the company. Okay. So when I joined the Groundlings, I saw this enchanting young woman <laughs> in one of my, in one of the classes we were in together, the the only one we were in together, actually. And it was song I, improv. It was song improv. And mm-hmm. I knew that Rolla was Gary's, Gary Austin's girlfriend. So I knew there was hands off. Right. That's, however, we, we uh, but over the years, I, she just, this smiling face kept coming up in my consciousness. Oh. And, uh, but we really did, we may have run into each other once, once. at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. I think that was it. Over an eight-year period. So the groundling stopped, or you stopped? For both you of us, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, you know, you moved yeah. on. We moved on. Yeah. No contact. There's no Facebook. No Instagram. Right. Like, oh no, no cell phones. No, no, right. no, 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 no. Right. No, we right. both were invited to an event at the Biltmore Hotel. That and we're going to get into the romantic part now. That, Let's just do it. Okay. Oh, well, I don't even know if that was a romance. No. Well, but it, now it, it we're actually, going into their story. It dovetails into oh, okay. actually the other work that we do as well. Okay, okay. So, so we need to hear the story. Okay. Oh, boy, there's so many stories. No, we need to hear this, <laughs> okay. how this, this happened. So <clears throat> Rala had a friend who invited her to an AIDS benefit. I mean, and are we allowed to say, I, I, does it you matter? Can, yeah, I don't know. Say, yeah, you can say. Do we? Yeah. I don't know. What was my, at that time, it was my friend Helen Hunt. And okay. she invited, it was a, a, a play about AIDS, and she was one of the stars, and this was a big fundraiser at the Biltmore, and Elizabeth Taylor and Ted Danson were the host and hostess of this big event, and Helen was going to be my date, and uh, she, she got called to New York to do a movie of the week, and I got a phone call on the day of the event, and she said, look, I gotta get, I'm going out of town, you're going to go alone, 
I don't want to hear a word about it. Your ticket is played for. You're going to get a free meal. You're going to get a soggy vegetable plate. I was a vegetarian. And you're going to love it. And you're going to sit at the head table with the gay mafia. And you are going to, they're going to love you. Get all dolled up. And And was her intention, like as a friend, like you should go, you're single, you never know who you're going to meet type of thing? Or no? I, that's I don't how even know I if think. she thought. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I don't know if she thought that far ahead. She just wanted to make sure that I went and had a good time and okay. that I would be fine with that. Because you're her friend, and she wanted yeah, to go. Yeah, she wanted regardless. And she wa- regardless, because you know it's an adventure, and uh, she knows that I'm a very adventurous young gal. Uh, even to this day, I I'm I'm very um, I'm curious, and oh, that leads me to the most so wonderful places. Yes. So um, I reluctantly pulled myself together, got all dolled up, and my mom said, you are so courageous. And, I, you know, I had her check me out, and I, I remember I wore a velvet dress with a big velvet bow in my hair. I remember that. Uh, and, uh, and, I, and I went down to the Biltmore Hotel. Of course, it didn't occur to me to bring any money because it was already paid for. And the Biltmore Hotel is in a kind of a wild neighborhood. It's across from Pershing Square, and it's a little unsavory, to say the least. I mean, you had to valet park your car. There was no choice, right. and I'm thinking, right. oh, my God. Have no, money. no money. Yeah, no money. Okay. And I'm thinking, okay, this is going to all work out. I don't know how. but And just, there's no ATM machine. No. That's no. right. <laughs> and I knew. I could hear my mom. I couldn't park my car in the street because I would have been like grounded. Right, I mean, right. my mother would have said, no, no, you just don't do that. Right. So I went in, and the minute I walked in the door, there was my friend Vince, who was uh, doing the news for ABC, and he had a camera on his shoulder, and I said, I need 10 bucks. And he gave me 10 bucks, and that was that. <laughs> and off we went. And Meanwhile, I was invited by a, uh, a writing teacher who was a friend of mine who said, look, I bought a table. I would like to fill it up. Would you like to go? And I figured, well, I hadn't seen anything or done anything charitable in a long time, so why not? So I figured, and I decided to go early because I was actually on the hunt. For, oh, no I pun was, intended. I hunt was, and hunt. Yes, hunt. Oh, hunt and hunt. <laughs> I was <laughs> tired of dating and just not having it all work out. So I really had decided I want to find somebody. So I would take any opportunity that I could. And I arrived early because I wanted to be able to scout Peruse. the whole situation, mm-hmm. right? And we, I, we, we were in the, um, I guess it was uh, the drinks and crudite, yes. Yeah. And I saw this fabulous-looking woman across the the room, and I said, I know her. And I was trying to remember, and I went, Yes, this is a casting director who liked me. And I know what I'm going to do. I'll go over. I'll say hello. She'll, we'll start chatting. She'll say, you know what? I have a small role in one of the sitcoms I'm doing. I'll get the role, of course. Yes. I'll be brilliant. They will write me in as, a, as an irregular regular. I will get my own sitcom. I will get a, a movie career out of this. My career is made if I just go over and say hello. I'm exhausted hearing the whole story. So walking across the floor. I'm not. I love it. Halfway across. I realize that's not the casting director, but she looks familiar, so I think I know her, but I don't want to look like an idiot, so I'll just veer off and go get something to drink, at which point Rala looked at me and went, (gasps) so now I had to go across. I knew who he was immediately. I remembered him, (laughs) and I remembered I had sort of a crush on him, too, way back then, and I thought, I had thought about him as well. He used to wear tall, skinny, and he had this mop of curly hair Way and there then. was this guy with the mop and i'm going oh my god that's 
that's Richard, I thought to myself. But I didn't think anything else of it. But, of course, I acknowledged with a little, you know, moment, had no idea any of that subtext story was going on so in his I, life. So now Wait, I'm, this is so yes. important. Did you ever have a crush on her at the ground lake? Oh, she yes. was so cute. Yeah. Well, you said you did. Yeah. You would oh, have yeah, gone yeah, there, yeah. but you couldn't go there. Right. Yeah. But you, during the boyfriend, you kind of had a no, crush I on didn't, him. No, I didn't. No, I just thought he was really cute. Thought he was Definitely cute, but darling. was not going to go there. No, and you know, I never dated a Jewish guy in my uh, life at that but point. Even though you are Jewish. Even though okay. I am, yeah. Okay. But the point is, I was spoken for, and that okay. was that. So. Got it. So I'm walking across the floor now. Now I have to get go over and say hello. And it really every step it was like the Baton Death March because I nothing was coming to who was this person? All I could <laughs> and think she's of. Like, hey. I'm thinking, oh, yeah. exactly. And I'm That's thinking exactly right. I, I need a name. I need what is her name? What is her name? The only thing that came to mind was the letter R. Okay. Now one of the things in improvisation is, you know, you don't you don't wait to get an idea. You just start saying something, and the rest of the words will follow, and you'll figure it out later. So I figured, I'll start with R, and I'll figure it out. I'm sure Rhonda. the name will, will pop. Yeah. Here's what. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> it was not coming out. So Rala said, no, Rala. No, you said Rula. Like I Rula, said, Rula Lenska. Rula, Rula, Rula. She said, Rala. I went, yes. You are Rala, that's right. And she said, you're Richard. I said, yes, I am. And the she first question was, are you still going with Gary? And she said, no. I figured, great. <gasps> now we can have a conversation. Aww. And that was the beginning. And that was the beginning. And it was, we had a great chat. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm so not going to like follow you to her table. I'm at the head table with the oh, gay right. mafia. <laughs> right. Goodbye. Right. You're too cool. No, was, I'm yeah, very cool. And I'm not going to. But I, because I wasn't, you know, I thought he was adorable, but not a big whoop. But you asked me for my phone number and you said you'd call, which is unusual for the guy to actually call. I mean, I was, yeah. you know, I, I had been single at that point for about four years. So I had been dating. I had been, you know, out there, we'll say. And, you know, some guys will call you, some guys won't. But Richard did. Right on, right on schedule, actually. And, of course, um, I already had a conversation with my mother and my grandmother and the first words out of their mouth. He's Jewish. I know. Let's say Jewish. Which was an unusual question because they already knew the pattern. But, yes. And then um, we made a date. That was a Wednesday. And we went out the following, was it Saturday? Yeah. I can't remember yeah. now. And we Sat went to the Good Earth. We went to we the went Good to Earth. Good yeah, Earth that was our first date. He was a weird eater. I was a vegetarian since I was 15. He was a vegetarian, I find out, since college. Already I'm liking him a yes. shade more than A Jewish prior. vegetarian. A Jewish That's vegetarian. Right. Okay, what else? Yeah, well, we found oh. that we had, aside from the fact that we were both groundlings, we found that we had a lot in common. We were both, it felt like we were both on a, a path um, and really wanted to impact people in a powerful, dynamic, and positive way. You just have to say the one thing. I, you know, this is sort of a, there's two things that are deal breakers for me, and they still are. One, um, mm -hmm. will you let me have a taste off your plate? A little taste, you know, because I had many boyfriends that said, no, order your own. There's I mean, a Friends episode. Oh, okay. Like okay. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, and then, and the other thing is dance. You, I was the best dancer in junior high and high school. I am a dancer like you cannot believe. I love it. I dance for exercise. I dance, 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 and dance. And was he was dance. willing. That's all. Willing. That was it. He would share. So you're, you would be like the dream girl that a guy is looking for because you're not really that picky. You just need someone to dance with and well, share I mean, his food with. Yeah, but I mean, again, I wasn't thinking of, I was never going to get married. That wasn't a thing. I just it wasn't, 
Mm-mm. No, I was a different This type. is like who, just a date. Just a date Those the and criteria. possibly a great, a, just a great date and a great friend. There was no thing as, thing as friends with benefits, but right. that's actually what I was thinking, but you're, we didn't call it that. You're very unique for a woman. Uh, oh, you know I'm, that? Yes, I am. <laughs> I, I have a lot of guy perspective, I think, rather. I mean, or you tell me, why am I unique? I think you're unique because most girls, like, I grew up, like, I'm looking for my friends. I like I love dating and getting dressed up and I'm so excited to get married like mm. when I was 7, you know. <laughs> yeah. So Yeah, definitely not. Yeah. But that so, that made me I guess I had never really talked to the women in my world because I was in the theater and a lot of the women I knew weren't speaking marriage. They were really thinking more about career. Yeah, well, and actually, that's what it is now. Yeah, but it was Especially. a little bit before unique then. Yeah, yeah, unique. It was, it was. But so that's why I got thrown for a loop when. But also the fact that you weren't like, oh my god, I want to get married so much. Yesterday, it was probably more intriguing. Well, and he was the one that was on a mission to find his. Right. Was it was kind clear. of. Opposite I was very of it. clear. I was very clear at that point. Yeah. And in fact, it it. Uh, but wait, after... you've got to just say the one thing okay. about the food right. because All that's right. so pivotal. So. so... <laughs> But Everybody don't do it in real time. When, I mean, well, don't what, tell the story in real one time. One of the things that we've noticed <laughs> is that people have all kinds of eccentricities. Mm-hmm. So we were. So Rala asked, "Listen, when when you order your, can I have a bite?" Sure, of course. So she didn't know I had a specific eccentricity, and this is how it rolled out. The waiter brings the meals. Now you got, I think, some kind of a salad, and I got oh, the yeah, the walnut cheese it. loaf, which which is so delicious and hearty. And Rala, the plate arrives, and Rala said, could I have a bite? And I said, sure. So she reaches over, and she takes her forkful, and this is what she sees. And she said, what's wrong? What's the matter? I said, realizing that I was now, she now caught me in my eccentricity. I said, you took my last bite. This is an entire plate of food that nothing has been taken. From which nothing has been taken. And she said, what do you mean your last bite? Right. I said, well, I like to save the, the best bite for last. I like to save the like best the corner, for last. Crunchy yes, or something. I wanted the, 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 the burnt cheesy part. And, I, that was, and that was, of course, the I best took. part, which she took. She offered it back. I said, no, no, you may keep it. But now, but, 30, almost 33, yes. when we, and he still lets me, I always say, I go, okay, honey, where's your last bite? I'll avoid it. People who have heard that story, <laughs> if we're eating, they all try to guess. Ah, it's over. The, it's right. That one. No. Thank you very much. Yeah. But people are crazy. That's what I think. I need, and I love that you had like an idiosyncratic yeah. kind of a bent and was weirder around food than I was, which was really good. So then we went out after so that. So then we went out. To the and L.A. Then, street scene. Yes. Yes. We. we I just, got very, like, throw up sick. Okay. <laughs> which, and Drank it didn't I don't like, I don't like big rides that move I mean, it's never been my thing Rollins said oh I love I those love kind of rides I love those I love the roller coaster and then I proceeded she was the one who got sick and like completely luckily threw up the cheese bread yeah exactly <laughs> but much. not in I made it yes, to the yes. ladies room but the point is it's that it didn't phase him whatsoever oh that's like, amazing yeah because she's good. so cool. It, well, but one of the things, and then we're engaged three months later. Yes, and three months married, later, and then married nine. You know, it's six, a perfect gestation. Six months after that, nine yes, months total. Yeah, nine months total. Uh, and that was it. But one, but from the very beginning, Rolla started to explain to me some of the things that she was doing. One of those things 
she said, oh, well, I, I, I'm using improvisation. I'm working with uh, mentally ill and homeless people in Santa Monica. And I said, what? She said, yeah, would you like to come down and check it out sometime? I said, absolutely, because I was always looking for a good story. Maybe it's something to write about. And um, because I understood improvisation, I could see what she was doing with these people. And I was blown away. Oh, wow. So I wound up, many of our original dates over that period of time was me joining her. And it was at a point in my career where sometimes I felt mentally ill as a creative so person. And, you know, whether I was in work or out of work. And, and I found that what she was doing was just phenomenal. Wow. Phenomenal. Love it. It's amazing. Yeah. So, and how did you even, how did that come to you and why that population? Oh, that was, that's a really good question. Um, how it came to me, this is a, the nature of show business in general has a lot of rejection if you're out there auditioning. And I became known as the third callback queen. I mean, I would just, it was endless auditioning and endless disappointment. And it was for things that were out of my control, like, oh, she's too pretty, she's not pretty enough, too Jewish, not Jewish enough, too ethnic, not ethnic enough. And it started to make me crazy. And the very reason I became an actor, which was to have a creative voice and to have fun and to, to be able to stand on a stage and, and take the audience on a journey and get them to laugh and to cry and all the things that a young person gravitates toward when they decide to make their career in show business and specifically in the theater or in television and, or movies. And it just started to wear on me. And I have to say, I was sad. I lost more than one big gig. And I was driving down La Brea and got rear-ended by a Mack truck. Literally in my rearview mirror, a Mack truck rear-ended me at 3rd and La Brea. And I was okay. My top car was total. I mean, I didn't get, you know, I didn't have to go to the hospital, but it was a wake-up call. And it was one of those things where as you look back and, and you process it, I was thinking, oh, my God, it took a Mack truck to get me to stop spinning mm, yeah, and yeah, yeah. take a moment to reevaluate. Like, who am I really? Like, I've chosen a field where if I don't want to be judged, I'm in the wrong business. <laughs> and more importantly, what, what does my heart want? And so in that recuperating stage, I had a chance to begin to reevaluate and evaluate. And it was really cool because the guys that owned the Bodhi Tree, which doesn't exist anymore, it was a big, giant spiritual bookstore in West Hollywood. Yes, I've heard the of Bodhi that. Tree bookstore was the spiritual mecca in this town. And these guys had all talked come to see the Groundling Show. They had known me at the restaurant that I worked at. Of course, you have to wait on tables right. when you're an actor. Absolutely. And they heard about the accident, and they invited me to the Bodhi Tree, and they gave me just carte blanche and said, here's all the best sellers. Get whatever you want. Just read. Just take and go. And uh, Carl Simonton's book, Getting Well Again, literally came out and fell on my foot. Like, it literally, it was almost, it was crazy. It literally just, I picked it up, and okay. And then Norman Cousins' book was like, in the midst of all these other ones, it was like a neon marquee at a movie theater. It was like, take me, yes. take me. And so both of those books really spoke loudly to me. And then I got a bunch of other fantastic ones, and I just read and read. Those two books really, I guess, really touched me in a very particular way. I, again, I'm looking now backwards. However, to the point that I started to look at, okay, there's something about laughter and healing, because both of them address play, laughter, Healing. Both of those books had a lot of what I was already doing, and and it was a way for me to go, wow, 
there's a whole world out there. I need to go figure out what that world is. And it was the world of medicine, science, psychology, psychiatry. It was nothing like show business. And I was telling everybody I knew that there's something. I want to do this thing with comedy, and it's, I know I've got this healing thing, and I, want, and I was just yammering. My chiropractor came in, because um, I was seeing him a number of times a week as I was recuperating. A chiropractor, an orthopedist, a psychologist, you name it, a medical doctor, a lawyer, all kinds of stuff. So, um, uh, what was I just... Glenn... Oh, Glenn, yeah, the chiropractor. <clears throat> Thanks, honey. Yeah. Uh, the Roger, a good husband. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. So, so my chiropractor, Dr. Glenn Williams, uh, at the time, um, came in and said, this has your name all over it. And it was a brochure, a very large brochure, that said the first international humor, laughter, play conference. Keynote speakers, Norman Cousins, author of Anatomy of an Illness, and Dr. O. Carl Simonton. Okay, I mean, it couldn't have been more obvious, except I didn't have two nickels, but I was dating <laughs> a guy who unbeknownst to me wanted to break up with me. I didn't know that, but he came to me and said, Rolla, I want to do something nice for you. And I go, you do, Jay? I really would love to go to this conference. And it was, I remember I went to my mom first, and she was like, are you out of your mind? I am not giving you $450 to go to a cockamamie con, con, you know, <laughs> conference. And, but it did work out, and I was so silly. I should have said, and I left the hotel room, but I didn't think that far ahead, I would have thought differently now. I ended up staying with my best friend who lived on Lombard Street, and I ended up having to take a taxi to the conference. But that being said, I sat there and I soaked up all of this stuff like a sponge. And it was the antithesis of anything that had to do with my world in Hollywood. It was medicine. And I'm the daughter of a doctor. And my dad, my, my cousin who's a neurologist, used to say, you should think about it. You have that brain. I was always fascinated But I will science. say, at this conference, that's where what I call Rolla magic kicked in. Mm. Because Rolla kind of shows up and things start happening just because of who she is. Now, you can see that she dresses down really good. You would hardly see her in a room. <laughs> right. You didn't see the bracelet right. she took off She's before. like a wallflower. A lot of yeah. sparkle. Very right? shy. So yeah. she was, Soft demure. She was at the final dinner of this conference, and she was late. It was raining. She had to get a taxi. She was late. She was drowned rat syndrome. She was looking for the one vegetarian meal in this sea of a thousand, thousand plates. plates. She finally found her, her, her plate, her seat. She sat down, and the waiter brought over a note. And the note said... Are you allowed well, to Well, no, I, I, I don't you know. Can are you allowed to say... No, you, you can, can swear. Yeah. You can swear. Okay. Oh, okay. You can say exactly yeah. what the note you said. You can swear. So no the leaving. note said, who the fuck are you and what are you doing at this conference? Please see us at the book signing, Carl Simonton and Dr. O'Carl, uh, Dr. O'Carl Simonton and Norman Cousins. Now, they Norman doesn't speak that way. Carl her, does. Yeah. But they found her. So she went up to them. And what did well, you say? Well, it was say? hard to miss. Well, what did you say when you, when you went up to, I them, said to Carl? To, I said to Dr. Simonton, I said, Dr. Simonton, you're the, you're the Beatles of cancer. Yeah. And he was like, okay, I need to meet this girl. And I waited to the, the end of the, of cancer. The, the book signing was over. And Norman Cousins said to me, okay, I'm not going to go to North Beach. I'll, I live in L.A. You live in L.A. We'll connect in Los Angeles. Carl said, I'm going to go. He used to travel with one of his patients that did the work. And he said, we're going to go to North Beach. We'd love you to come with us. And I said, I would love to. And then I'm going up in the elevator. I'm thinking, my mother will ground me. I'm going up in an elevator with strange <laughs> men. I don't care. This is probably not a great idea. But I did it. And while I was, uh, it was amazing. And we had, 
such a beautiful connection that Carl came down and uh, met my mom and came to my mom's house and, and said, Claire, you got to get out of her face. She's brilliant, your daughter. My mother said, of course she's brilliant. She's my daughter. My mother never said anything oh like that. God. But he spent three hours. And he had, that whole night, he heard a lot about that I wanted to take my background as an improviser and find another way to, at that point, it was there wasn't anything. I didn't know it was called reframing or recontextualizing. I just knew that I wanted to take that experience and turn it into something new. But they both liked what she was saying and thought that there was something about using improvisation in the healing uh, modality. And so Carl um, uh, wanted to, to work with her as well. And hired me. Let and me say, hired for you. For five years, I assisted Dr. Simonton at every Humor Laughter Play conference. And there were two to three a year. And it was amazing because I got to be trained by everybody from Dr. Elizabeth Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. I mean, the names would maybe mean something to some folks, no, but, yes, but I hear not you. a lot to anybody <laughs> else. But in the field, in this field of mind-body medicine, which, which was just being born. It was the head honcho. Everybody, everybody. everybody. And Norman, but Norman, um, Norman Cousins at that time, he was sending um, video cards. This was in the era of videotape. So... <laughs> He would send a videotape and a cart to various communities, play comedy videos for the healing impact. Well, at Step Up on Second, the person who was supposed to handle it for this one weekend, one weekend, uh, she was busy. And so Norman said, would you mind running the video? And Rolla said, sure, that sounds like Just fun. Just for one day. <laughs> and Rolla, what he didn't know is she's not so good with technology. So she was kind of standing there. But you can improvise. With yeah, a, well, yes, what I did. With a, with a limp uh, power cord in her hand. And where do I, how do I? And they started to yell at her. This group was saying, when are you going to put on the movie? We want to go to sleep. And Rolla said, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. You're supposed to sleep? You, you're going to sleep? You're supposed to laugh? And he said, well, we're on meds, with, you know, Thorazine and this kind of, that kind. Okay. She said, why don't, we, if, let's play instead. Let's play and laugh. So they said, okay. So Rala just starts making it up and playing some basic improvisational theater game exercises in this one little corner. Now here's where the Rala magic comes in again. Unbeknownst to Rala, the <clears throat> executive director is giving a tour to somebody from the State Board of Mental Health of her facility. She's walking around and they see this group in the corner laughing and playing and the state board person says, who is that person and what is she doing? And the executive director of uh, Step Up on Second, Susan Dempsey, said, I don't know. I've never <laughs> seen her before. For all I know, she's mentally, I don't know. <laughs> she thought I, could, I came in off the street. It didn't occur to me to like, talk to anybody. She didn't I check just in with her. She just went in, in and did, just thing. Play I did my thing. So they watched for a minute. Susan saw Rolla kind of had something she was doing. So she said, excuse me, young lady, I'd like to speak to you in my office. When you're done. And everybody says in the group, that, oh, you're going to get in trouble now. She's, and I'm like, I'm going to get in trouble for what? I'm here for one day. I'm covering for somebody else. Yeah, right. And so I go into her office, and she goes, what were you doing? I go, well, those were improv games. And, what, and, and I go, and I'm a groundling. What's a groundling? I mean, it's, it's a strange name, but everybody knows what it is. Yes. Then it was like, what, is a groundling? Is that a rodent? And I said, no, it's an improv company. And she 
wanted to know more. She goes, are you a psychologist? I said, no. I majored in theater. I minored in psych. And then I go through a whole song and dance about, you know, I had to quit school. My dad died, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, she's just as patient as she can be. And she says, wow, the state board wants me to hire you. And I just about had a heart attack because she said the word hired. And I said, you're going to pay me? <laughs> and she was like, yes. And that was it. And she sent me home with a bunch of wonderful books on mental illness. And she said, and then I started, and I was there for nine years. Wow. And it was an experience. And so that happened through Norman. I was simultaneously working with Dr. Simonton. His um, cancer center was in Dallas, Fort Worth at the time, but then they made a move out here. And um, we have, I mean, I am still connected to the Simonton Cancer Center. I mean, he became a lifelong friend, mentor, almost like a second father figure, honestly. Uh, Richard and I both worked there. Yeah, we well, have... what happened, we, after the 94 earthquake, quake, I, I did not like the earth acting that way at all. So yeah. I said, Nobody we got to get out of here. So we wound up moving to Scottsdale for nine years. <clears throat> and at the end of that time, Rolla said, it's time to move home. I said, we're going to New Jersey? She said, not a chance. <laughs> we're going back to L.A. I said, all right. So we came back. And in 2003, we reconnected with Carl. And he, he said, I'd like to see what you do. I haven't seen it in a long time. Come up at one of our retreats that's coming up. And I'll give you two hours to work with people. Let me see what it is. We got up there, and he said, we look. In Santa Barbara. We were up in, in Santa Montecito, Barbara, actually. He said, uh, he said look, uh, it's been a very tiring uh, retreat so far. I have to just take care of my own energy. I'll probably only stay for about 10 minutes, and then I'm going to go to sleep. But you guys do your thing, and thank you for coming up. He stayed for the entire two hours. He came running up afterwards. He said, this is phenomenal. Oh. He said, I am so energized. He said, I want you to be a permanent part of this program. Wow. Yeah, it was really and cool. since that time, we have been at virtually every uh, Simonton Cancer Center retreat as the power of play. Now, Rolla, uh, Carl died in 2009, but Rolla was so inspired she want, by Carl's work and by the work that they do at the Simonton Cancer Center. And his legacy <clears throat> was very important. His legacy was so important to me to keep it alive. And so I decided that I would reluctantly but joyously go back to school and become a certified Simonton therapist. It was like going to medical school. I had no idea how hard it was going to be. Wow. I really, because I'd been around the work for so long, I did not know that it, there were certain, I mean, it was really a very intense training program, and I took it on. And, and these, a, a Simonton therapist specifically works with cancer, cancer patients. patients. Okay. Doing the Simonton protocol, which is the Simonton method, I mean, I did the Simonton method while I was recuperating from my tr the truck hitting me. You don't have to have cancer. It is such a rich and profoundly simple but very deep uh, quest inside. Healing. Because it asks some very potent and powerful questions. And it's not for the faint of heart. But I went there. And I saw, not only did I have an experience of the work for my own accident I did as again I didn't have cancer but I didn't care so I know the work translates beautifully mm -hmm. you don't have to be sick to do this work and that excited me but but I've been now as a therapist going back to school it took me three and a half years to get my certification it was a long journey a very in-depth journey Dr. Simonton had died so things were very out of kilter mm -hmm. I knew that I was going to tough it out and make sure that I could speak this work 
and go toe-to-toe with any physician, any scientist, any doctor, and not bend or break because I, it's one thing to believe, it's another thing, and this is scientifically based. They've gotten the science now, so it's not woo-woo, it is practical, and it works. Oh, my God. And and (laughs) as we were going there continually over the years, Mm -hmm. uh, I was starting to learn what that whole method was. So now I'm also delivering, I'm not a Simonton therapist, I don't do that work, but I do help deliver some of the Simonton material along with the power of play. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's been, it's really well, been you're a called, They call you a cancer educator. I'm an educator. <laughs> or an ambassador. Yes. Yeah. But an educator, Simonton working ambassador. with specific uh, aspects of their program, yeah. teaching the Simonton method. Um, so that's something that, that, that I also do now with Rolla. And, and the that, power of play is still uh, an allocated part of the curriculum. And this is a challenge, you know, working together and being oh, married yeah. and maintaining <laughs> yeah. a relationship and still liking each and other. And liking each other and, sh- and, and knowing that we would, we're best friends, of course, and everybody says that, that is married and likes their partner, but we really are, we would treat really each are. other as friends. And that, to me, is a testament because, you, especially at this stage of, of, of our lives, you know, we get busy. And I always felt that the man that I spend time with, it's somebody I always have to respect anyway. That was a thing for me. But he has, you know, seen, raised the bar and, you know, seen it and raised it for because he's such a good human being. And, and so are you. And I guess, yes. And so that's why you guys align <laughs> so well. Yeah. And yeah. We, are, we, are, we are aligned on, on a lot of things. And one of the things that, that we were both clear about is – for us, laughter is our aphrodisiac. It really is. I remember one moment in particular. I was sitting, I think, in the living room uh, reading something, and Rolla was watching some show that, that she really enjoyed, and I could hear her laughing in the other room, and I was just so filled with love. I just, I just, I didn't want to go in and ruin I just wanted to hear her laughing the way she was laughing. It was so beautiful. It was so full. We're both easy, easy laughers. Yes, we are. And that, that's a thing. I mean, I, you, you probably laugh. I have a feeling you laugh. I love laughing. And you, yeah. And, we, and our son has got a great sense of humor, too. I mean, you know, we just, we find the humor in the most absurd things, but also... We also have made a commitment, and we love this about each other, but we want to make the world a better place. I know that sounds so trite. No, I do, like, too. I got it. I got it. You know, you it get sounds it, so, cheesy, yeah. but it's... It sounds cheesy, but we mean When it, it comes from certain people. And I knew that about you. The minute I saw you, I, I know you're supposed to be interviewing us, but yeah. I did see you, and I saw you at the event, the BU thing, and you guys found each other, and I watched, and it was like, you are so shi- a shining light, but your effervescence is what intrigues me, and it and it's consistent obviously so i'm Thank so you. honored that i get to play with well, you well it's so wonderful to meet like-minded like-hearted people when it is i was about to say it's it's genuine when you genuinely want to help people not in like a cheesy way but in a true authentic mm-hmm. genuine way and people that aren't like us <laughs> they might not get it and that's okay but we know mm-hmm. what our mission is and we know the mm-hmm. joy that it brings us when we help people yes and not just help, but really help people shift their lives. I mean, mm-hmm. that is the most wonderful, amazing, beautiful feeling in the world. Yeah, and you get to do this with this great platform. And we're hoping um, as books get written and classes get exposed out into the world, you know, we've been a little below the radar quietly. 
percolating because we've been very driven. You know, when you work at a cancer center and there's things that in running the business end of the business are Carl's, is it a widow or a widower? Widow. Widow. The wife. He's the widower. She okay, would be yeah, the widow. I, thank you for clarifying. Woman is a widow okay. and a man is a widow. Help, because she's had a lot to do to keep the doors open. And so we were very, very focused on the Simonton work and sort of, not that we put the power plan hold, we did it, but it it is hard to go out in the world and sell yourself. Can't stand it. So it's nice to be able to talk about it without having to do it. In, in a genuine in way. In a genuine like, way. Yeah, and as I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, anybody who's watching this who maybe has zero awareness about Simonton Center and, yes. and this work, maybe they have cancer, they know somebody, somebody. who has cancer. Absolutely. Yeah. They'll be We've all been touched in some crazy reaching way. Out reaching out yes. to yeah. you. And we mm-hmm. do have about nine more minutes, but okay. as long as we're doing this, why don't, at this juncture, yeah. tell people how they can reach out to you. Absolutely. You can reach us at www.thepowerofplayforhealth.com. Of course, if you're a, 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 a corporation, just thepowerofplay.com. And info at thepowerofplay, That'll, it'll come to us. Info at thepowerofplay.com. We'll get any emails. And if, you, if anybody knows anybody who's dealing with cancer, please, www.thepowerofplay.com simontoncenter.com you can go right there and there we are continuing to set up retreats it is an amazing program and we've seen miracles don't forget you know both of the books anatomy of an illness by norman cousins which is about his journey laughing himself while watching comedy videos and we take for granted that laughter is the best medicine norman cousins is the one that brought that to the forefront so that is a great book as is Dr. Simonton's book, Getting Well Again, and read it from the cancer perspective, but if you're like me, just read it. It's so good. Helpful, no Yeah, no it's what. helpful, no matter what. So, so Okay, you, so you we have her. time yes. for a few questions. You guys sure. are obviously going to have to come yes, back to please, do more. Yeah, but um, <laughs> just to leave our, our, our viewers with a little, some nuggets of your relationship, and, and don't think about your answer, just mm-hmm. say it, but what would you say is the the key to, and you guys might say laughter because you found over, but maybe it's something different. The key to what makes you guys work and last and stay mm-hmm. and everything. What's okay, the key? I'm going to say this because I think oh. I can speak to this. Um, communication. Mm-hmm. And um, yes, you were, was your major, but he's, I thought that I was the best communicator in the world. I they communicate to anybody. Richard was a little bit different in the style of the way he managed me because I slam doors and I leave the room. And Richard is that reeler back in her. And this was a foreign concept to me. I couldn't get the man to break up. I tried to break up with him. This is, and I couldn't, there's nothing I could do. I did all the old things that used to push guys away. Richard just kept moving forward. He was not daunted whatsoever. He believed that there was a, something of value. And Richard is the first person, and he's a great teacher of good communication. And we do it to this day. We tortured our son with it. It's, you want to talk about how we communicate when there's something really important. Well, yeah. this is, But this was, to me, the most, one of the most romantic things I'd ever have had happened to me because it was somebody that was so present and count honorable. That's very important that uh, we would go through things in our relationship, but Richard was such a good talker 
and willing to listen, he de- he does something very powerful. The he crit- gets into the, the other person's shoes, the, yeah. and that's very important. The so it's being empathic, but it's it's the critical thing is to find out what the other person actually means. Because usually when we communicate, she'll say something, and I think I know what she means, so I stop yes. listening and I start preparing my answer to yes. combat yes. her, as opposed to finding out is this what you mean. So I'll rephrase it, send it back to her, and she can either say, that's it, and you'll, we, we say, you feel the click. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. Or she'll say, that's not it at all. Then it's like, okay, let's try again. That Tell was a journal. Right there. That is sex on a stick. No, that is so cool. It is, when yes. you're, when you're, Especially when someone you're Someone wants to things. work with you because yeah. they love and you. And someone wants to not just talk to you, but hear you. So that is a and huge... And see you. And see you for who you are. Yep. I mean, the boyfriend before Richard used to say, you're not wearing that, are you? I mean, he, it, you're going to, because I have these glasses with fruit all over them, and he'd say, go in and change your clothes. And like, and I would. And, yeah. then, and then I stopped. And then this one came aboard, and it's like, why aren't you wearing that thing? Or why are you not wearing your sunglasses with the fruit on it? He genuinely got me. He wants you to be you. He wants me and to be And you me. want him, him to, to be, be him. And we like who each other is, and we support that. Because also, after 30 years, we grow, we change. Naturally, we're yes. growing for some crazy reason. I mean, I never really identified this, but we're not growing apart. We're growing closer together, if that's even possible. The key, that is the key, and that is beautiful, and it happens. This is why I'm making well, a documentary about. I, I got emotional. Great. I just, got, I like, I, I got the chills. That you know, there's when you get chills. In okay, room, I'll cry also. But they say that there's like our angels are here when you get chills. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. So I really. Well, do it means feel that. when you speak the truth. It's like it's an it's validation mm-hmm. that it is the truth. But it, I just really identify that because we always say that the aphrodisiac is laughter. But there's a deeper connection that I think you just, thank you for asking a, a, a question that gave me some, some legs Another to stand insight. on. I'd never really explored that at that level. Do you have any other questions? <laughs> oh, 5,000. <laughs> You're a good question asker. 5,000 questions. We have like two more minutes. Okay. okay. So how about another question? Um, I guess we'll have to do rapid fire, but, um, okay. Think about your answers before you say it so you don't copy oh, each other, not okay. that you would, but say, say, look at the person and say, I know, <laughs> say, I know that I am in love in this moment because. I know that I am in love in this moment because I have a mirror in front of me that tells me I must be an amazing human being because I am I am in love with you in this moment because when I look at you, I see your big heart and how beautiful it is and how you really are there for everybody. That was beautiful. Are we all crying? Did we all cry a little bit? Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, there are so many more questions, but we do need to wrap up. But I thought that this was such a beautiful, wonderful, extraordinary conversation because I feel like we covered so many different aspects. We did relationship, went to work, intertwined with relationship, went back to the relationship. And I know that whoever's watching this is intrigued, inspired. And so you gave the how people can reach out to you. Did you say anything about social medias or just oh, the website? Well, we do, well we're, we we're, on, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're, we're on all of those okay. things. You can yes. Google their names. Yes. Yeah. Their names are on the top of the screen. I'm sure you guys have seen that. Okay, so 
And if anybody has any questions, I'm at therelationshipexpert.com and Instagram, therelationshipexpert. Just an X, not the EX. It's interesting. Okay. So <laughs> thank you for joining us. Oh, thank, thank you, you so, so much. You guys are beautiful, amazing. This is so much fun. Loved having you guys here. We could have had a slumber party and not stop talking. I know. We could keep on going <laughs> oh, forever and yeah. ever. Okay. And thank you for joining us out there and have a wonderful evening and happy early Valentine's Day. Oh, my birthday's Valentine's Day. Of happy course. early birthday. Happy early birthday thank to you. you. And love to everybody. You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on LA Talk Radio.